Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. I love those two boys. My goodness. How good are Scott and Zach? Don't we love them? You know there is no other way to start off right now than to say, 2021, we made it! Come on! Come on. How good is God? How much is looking for a shout of praise all over this place right now? Come on. But this has been an incredible morning already, and we're just getting started. It is anointing Sunday. Come on! <laughs> don't know what that is. That will be completely clear by the end yeah. of service. It will be. Well, can we just make some noise for takeover worship as well? My God, yeah. come on. Come on. Takeover worship is so hot right now. Uh, they are amazing, and I can't say enough about them. They are even better off the platform than they are on the platform, every single one of them. And uh, we're so grateful to have them a part of this house. Amen? Yeah, amen. Amen. Oh, man. Well, this morning, I know I kind of lied at a Christmas service. I didn't mean to. I just didn't know. I'm not a fortune teller, okay? I don't see the future. That's, that's Zach's area of expertise. But anyways, so it's called Zach a fortune teller. Great. Uh, but I know I said that roots above and branches below would continue throughout 2021 and we would have some more things there. But then over the break, how many of you enjoyed your Sabbath Sunday last week? Yeah. How many of you missed being at church? More noise? Yeah. That's what I did there. Uh, but over break, which was so good and so restful for our team and myself and Adrienne as well, um, that God just really started stirring up something else in me. And it's really, if, 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 one was, if one was like an associate's degree, the next one is, this one is a master class. This is a master, we're about to get an MD in some divinity, okay? It is going to be awesome in this new series because I was just getting torn up from the floor up. The Holy Spirit just revealed this phrase and this idea to me, and I just began researching all this stuff. And honestly... I could not be more stoked. This might be my favorite kickoff to the years that we've been in church. Come on, the years of February. So our brand new series is Breaker. Why don't you stay there with your chest this morning and say, Breaker. Come on. Come on. Breaker is going to be an absolutely incredible series. I'm just asking for God to come in this place every single Sunday. I want a breaker anointing today. I want to leave with a breaker spirit today. I want to leave with breaker power today, breaker influence, breaker freedom. I want to see God break things loose in my life. Are you with me this morning? Now, you might find yourself asking, what is a breaker? I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to tell you, we actually came up with what we call the Breaker Creed. Nikki, hit the slide. Nikki in the back, makes noise for her, she's amazing. Alright, how many of y'all missed? We're going to recite it. We're going to recite this every single message of this series, okay? This is the Breaker Creed. This is what we are, we are assigning ourselves this, we are marrying this, this season as a church. How many of y'all missed? When we used to make creeds as the church. Yeah. 
We're going back, baby. We're going all the way back. The Breaker Creed. Here we go. A breaker is a child of God. A follower of Jesus. You guys are getting it. A temple of the Holy Spirit. A breaker desires the things above. A breaker understands the need for breaking. A breaker willfully gives themselves to breaking. A breaker seeks the anointing of God that only comes through the breaking of God. The breaker's anointing is the ability to break through any spiritual hindrance that would impede upon God's kingdom or God's purposes for His church. Come on! Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be sick. I'm so pumped. Breaker Creek. We'll post it on social media. You can save it. You can do all that good stuff. This is something that you know, I'm not actually asking you to memorize. But this is just our heart in this season. This is what God has printed and tattooed on our spirit going into 2021. 2020 thought it could break you? Nah, it just produced some breakers. Amen. Come on. Hey, woo! Title of my message this morning. Taking notes today. Yeah. Fantastic. I love that. New Year's resolution for y'all. Take notes in church. Yeah. It's going to be good. Title of my message this morning is, are you ready? Yeah. The Breaker Anointing. The breaker anointing. I know it's a lot of no's, there's no hip hop references, there's nothing in there, it's fine. We're, we've, I've grown, okay? I've grown, I've graduated. I'm turning 30 next Saturday, so it's good. Shameless for a Alright, breaker anointing. Y'all ready for the Bible this morning? Yep. How many of you know that Takeover Church is a church that values the Bible? Yes, not just the parts that are comfortable, not just the parts that are easy, but we believe the Bible is God's heart for the human story, Amen. don't we? Amen. Come on, somebody. So let's check it out. Somebody go with me back to Genesis. Y'all ready to go back to Genesis? Oh, yeah. OT. Genesis 41, 37 through 46. If you don't have a Bible this morning, it will be on the Scott Bible. Here we go. Verse 37 through 46, coming out of Genesis 41. The proposal pleased Pharaoh and all of his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all of this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, over all of my people. All my people should, shall order themselves as you command, only as regards the throne will be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you above over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garment of fine linen, put a gold chain about, around his neck, and he made him ride in his second chariot. And they called out before him, Bow the knee. Thus he set him over all the land of Egypt. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without your consent, no one shall lift up a hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name. I always suck at pronouncing this, so just bear with me. Zaphonath Pena. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to do. It's, it's way more difficult than the Disney movie. Okay. And he gave him in marriage Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, which, how, how cool is a place called On, by the way? So Joseph went out over the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of a Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. 
We're going to look at that and we're going to see what God will do, but we are going to pray first. Sound good? Yeah. Father God, we just ask you this morning. We ask that you would just come. That you would just send your Holy Spirit into this room right now. Your word says we're two or more are gathered. There you are in the midst of us. Turn up the heat, God. Today, Lord, we willfully give ourselves over to breaking. Today, God, we willfully give ourselves over to the crucible, over to you, God, that you are for the heart of man, God. Your word says that the crucible is for gold and for silver, but it is God that is a purifier of man's heart. So we give ourselves over to you today. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Do whatever it is you wish to do in this house. You know better than I do. Let's hand ourselves over to you in this moment. Jesus, come and have your way. All God's people said. Amen. Amen. The breaker anointed. Man, I love this creed. I love this idea. I love this entire thing that we are about to embark on together. Are you ready for the breaking? Yes. No. Well, there's a lot more people. There's a lot more people excited for the breaking than I thought there was going to be. I was going to make sure like, no, I was excited for the breaking. It's okay. Um, but I am fully convinced in 2021, I don't know if you are, I don't know how persuaded you are, but I honestly believe that God's best is still ahead of every single one of us. I understand that 2020 was rough. I understand that some crazy things happened. I understand that we all experienced some unforeseeable circumstances of which we haven't seen in our lifetime, of which we could never have predicted, of which a lot of things, good, bad, otherwise, you were not able to do. Some of us lost jobs. Some of us went through some crazy things. Some of us had relationships that had hard times. Some of us were like, praise God, I still got a marriage because she had to live with me. That's me. About myself. Um, nope. <laughs> but we all went through a crazy 2020. But I am fully convinced, and I hope that you will be by the end of this message, by the end of this service, that the greater the breaking, the greater the anointing. Maybe you're going to find yourself today already, and maybe you're going to find yourself throughout this series asking what does the word anointing mean? I, I make no illusions. I did not grow up in church myself. So there's words that even to this day I'm like learning and figuring out what they mean. And so I want to explain to you what the word anointing means. So you can write that down or however you'd like to do it. But just so you and I are on the same page. Sound good? Yeah. Anointing kind of has like three different definitions. One, first and foremost, anointing means approved by God. You have God's approval. If you are God's anointed, you are God's approved. Okay? Yep. Second definition is that you have been given an appointment or an assignment by God. An anointing is a specific God-given appointment or assignment. Sound good? Yeah. Ready for the third definition? Yeah. Third definition is a verb. It's what you do. You may not remember those commercials because I'm old. But it's a verb. It's what you do, and it means... To smear all over. The Lord's anointing is smeared all over. So I guess you can put this into context for this series. And you can say, the breaker anointing is one that is approved by God. Given an assignment or appointment got by God. And is smeared all over the approved and appointed of God. Break your anointing. Man, I just love that verbiage, don't you? 
I love the word anointing. I love that it says to be smeared all over. God has gone before you. He has gone ahead of you. He has already mapped it out ahead of you. He has called ahead. He's got you the ticket to the plane. He's got you the table when you get there. He has made the appointment. He set the meeting up. He has prepared the table. He has gone ahead and he has approved you for an assignment that only you uniquely can do and accomplish in this year and in your lifetime. And if you have any doubt about it, he has smeared it all over your life. Man, no, my porn addiction is going to keep me from my anointing. I'm sorry. He smeared it all over your porn addiction. Oh, man, I, I cheated on my wife about 15 years ago, and I just, you know, I've never felt like I, I'm sorry. He has smeared it all over your adultery. Now, I just, you know, I've been a Christian for like two years. I'm just now learning the Bible. Let me pump, let me stop you in your tracks. Pump the brakes, kid. Don't disqualify yourself because the Lord's anointing, it's already approved you. It's already appointed you. You've got assignment two years young or not. He smeared it all over you. This is the Lord's anointing. Here we have Joseph. This is actually my first time ever preaching on Joseph. Since I've been preaching for Luke 16. First time. Weird. Really excited about it. Because Joseph's story, Joseph is all of us. Joseph's story is a story of what it looks like to be a Jesus follower, to be a Christian. What you and I, our lives, will uniquely look like when we decide to bend the knee and decide that Jesus Christ is a better Lord over our life than we are and He's a better Savior than we think He is. We are Joseph. And I love in this piece of Scripture, you see, it's this piece of Scripture where we see the end game. We see the end. This is the moment. This is, this is the climax. This is the greatest part of the hero's journey. Here he is, appointed the head over all of Egypt. He has arrived. None is higher than him than Pharaoh's throne himself. Pharaoh appoints Joseph to the greatest place of prominence he has ever had in his entire life. So good. He's finally reached the goal. Prominence, power, authority, influence. He's got it! Because there's none above him besides Pharaoh himself. Well, I guess in Pharaoh's eyes, right? I guess in Pharaoh's eyes, the throne of Egypt is still above Joseph. But the reason that is wrong is because Joseph's authority, his anointing, has already stated and proclaimed that he is actually ahead of Pharaoh in Egypt. Well, how can that be, Pastor Matt? Because Pharaoh may have the title, but Joseph has his ear. And who has Joseph's mouth? 
is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Pharaoh above all Pharaohs, he that is and was and is to come again. Amen. Our God has his mouth, and so our God has his ear, and that means our God has Egypt. Joseph arrives to the greatest position of prominence that he's ever held in his life, and this looks like he has arrived. But can I tell you guys the God's honest truth about this moment? Is that the only reason Joseph has any prominence in this moment is because of God's preeminence. The only reason Joseph has any prominence in this moment is because of God's preeminence. What's that mean, Matt? That's a $5 word and I got two bucks in my pocket. I understand. I had to look it up myself. Preeminence. Let me put it this way. The only reason Joseph has any authority in this moment is because he has placed God in a position of superiority in his life. Your greatest, your greatest positions of prominence will only follow you in the days where you have positioned and you have placed God in his proper place of preeminence in your life. So many of us, we spent 2020 in fear and worry and trepidation and anxiety. And we have allowed anxiety to be preeminent in our life. We've allowed COVID to be preeminent in our life. We have allowed the opinions of people around us. Voting year, election. What is America right now besides an absolute dumpster fire? That is ripe for revival, by the way. Amen. Yeah, come, on. come on, somebody. Revival Waters going to put that out and set that thing right. Come on, 2021. Let's go, Jesus. But we have given all of these other things in our lives. We've given our marriage issues preeminence. We've given our pornography preeminence. We've given all these things. We have bowed a knee to lesser names in 2020. And God is saying 2021 can be your greatest your greatest position of prominence. But it is going to take you placing me in a position of preeminence. You have got to bow a knee to my authority and my superiority and you will truly walk in the influence I have called you to have. You will truly make a difference the way I've called you to do. You're looking for that raise. You're looking for that promotion. You're looking for your marriage to be restored. You're looking for just greater influence in the streets while you're out doing street ministry and talking to people at Roaster's Coffee. Like you are doing these things and you want more of God. You want to grow in your giftings. You want to speak in tongues. You want to, you want to lay hands and heal the sick and open the deaf ears of the, of the deaf. But you want to open up ears when you speak and all of these things. You want it. But who has preeminence? Yeah, go preach. But who has preeminence in your life? The only reason Joseph raised to this level of prominence in his walk with Jesus, in his walk with God now, is because God had the preeminence in his life. Joseph's authority is a direct correlation with God's superiority. Your authority will have direct correlation to God's superiority in your life. That's all preeminence means. Vocab lesson for the week. Preeminence. Superiority. Joseph, he's raised up to this position. And if you know anything about the story of Joseph, Joseph is a prophet. 
Joseph is amazed that God uses him to, to interpret dreams and to cast vision and to do all of these amazing things. But the reason that God kept giving him more, kept enlarging his territory, kept growing his gifting, kept putting him in positions and in rooms and in conversations and getting the ear of the Pharaoh, none of which he deserved, by the way. How good is God's grace? The whole reason is because Joseph, no, 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 Pharaoh didn't have preeminence in his life. Egypt, nationalism, jingoism, didn't have preeminence in his life. His heritage didn't have preeminence in his life. The only superiority to his life was Christ alone, was God alone, was the God of Jacob who Joseph is and it's because of that that Joseph was able to speak freely. He did not fear Pharaoh. He did not fear or have anxiety or worry over the consequences of interpreting a dream. He heard the dream and he interpreted it as he heard heaven say it. Why? Because Pharaoh didn't have superiority in his life. God did. Oh, I don't got to worry about the consequences. You had a buck wild, crazy dream that, yeah, people are going to slaughter, things are going to go bad, and you actually going to end up dead. I'm going to give you the sauce. Why? Because I don't fear you, Pharaoh. I've been on earth for 30 years so far, and I have gone through it. And guess who's got me through it? God, not you. He's bailed me out, not you. He showed himself faithful, not you. So I get to interpret these dreams freely. I get to interpret them accurately. I don't have to fear you or respect you or give a rip about what you could do to me if you don't like what I say because I have given all superiority to God in heaven. There's one throne that mattered to Joseph. It was a throne above all other thrones. It's the one that still has a man seated on it. There is no God elect about to take office, okay? He's still there. He ain't moved. You can't vote him out. Joseph knew that, Pharaoh, you're going to die one day, and I might die here, but I am responsible to God and God alone. How free is that? The greatest position of prominence you will ever feel and ever see and ever enter into. The greatest marriage, the greatest money, the greatest career, the greatest influence and authority, all of the above. The things that you want to see accomplished in your life through heaven can only come with God's preeminence. And it surely cannot come with yours. Don't be deceived into believing you are superior. Especially when you get to that position of prominence. When you quote unquote arrive, you understand very clearly you have never arrived. Whatever you get is whatever God gives. Not what you earned. Not what you purchased. Not what you hustled for. It's what God gives you. So here it is, right? Here's the crowning moment. Yeah! Here I am, king of the world. He's Leo on the Titanic, baby. And this is a moment we see here 
where we all want it, right? We all want it. We're like, yeah, I want to be Joseph. I want to be, woo, I want to be Joseph. Okay, God, uh, I want to be in prominence, so I'm going to give you preeminence. Like, oh, Lord, come and move and do things in my life. Woo! And we do that, and we love that, and we're excited about that. But can I encourage you this morning, perhaps challenge that notion and idea, be careful to pray for what you are not willing to pay for. There are things in this life that will cost you greatly. At the top of that list is the calling of God in your life. Every call has a cost. Every anointing has a breaking. And so in this moment, we're all excited. I want to be a prophet. I want to be a pastor. I want to be a leader. Woo! Yeah! Come on! Do it to me, God. Do it for him. Do it for me. And that's good. And that's awesome. But every anointing, every approval, every assignment, every appointment, every time God smears a word over all of your life, every time He opens a door that you do not deserve to enter into, every time you find yourself in prominent places of influence and consideration, are all places and positions that you could not earn on yourself. And it will cost you greatly. Every anointing has a breaking. Greater the anointing, the greater the breaking. I'm not sorry to tell you that because it's breakers. We're the real ones. We are going to willfully give ourselves over. We might rename this month Breaker Church. I don't know. Okay. But <laughs> spent way too much on banners and LLCs and 501c3s and all that good stuff. <laughs> but breakers willfully give themselves over to it. The way I say, be careful to pray for what you're not willing to pay for is because we see the end of the movie. This is Will Smith hugging his kid with the tears in his eyes and the credit's about to roll. We see a clip. This is the end. This is, this is the amazing part of the movie, of, of the story. It is the chapter. It is this clip that we see. It is a highlight reel. We cannot live by highlights alone. It's not reality. He says that he is 30 years old. I turn 30 next Saturday. I know there's people in here that are a lot older than me. Shout out to you. Way to go. But for me, 30 years on this earth is a miracle. First 15, not my responsibility. Somebody else's, you know, that was really bad and God got me through it. The next 15, oh, I made so many messes for myself. Messes is PG, okay? Like, that's not even close. It's my way. Yep, what is it? It's true. Shame. But I know something about 30 years on earth. And I know some people in here, you know about 40 years on earth. I know some of the people in here know about 60 years on earth. I know some of you understand that life is a thing, and it happens, and it can happen fast, and it can happen quick, and it can happen really bad, really great. Otherwise, in a mixture of all of it, I understand that. And so when we see this moment in Joseph's life, it's easy to get hyped off it. It's easy to get excited, and I love hype. I'm a loud guy. I'm, you know, I just want to be T.D. Jakes. Like, I get it, okay? So, like, I understand that I like hype. I like excitement. But you know what I also love? Context. Yeah. Yeah. Context is king. Context brings clarity. The Bible is such a better preacher than I am. Because here we are. We see this moment, right? We see this moment. This is the finale. This is the end game. This is Will Smith hugging Jaden Smith crying after the hallway scene when he gets the job. Yay! I don't even know what that movie is. I've seen the trailer. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Anyway, just saying. I saw the trailer. This is the moment. 
But what about three years before this moment? Right. What about three years before this moment? You see, Joseph, three years before this moment, you would think, reading just that scripture, yeah, he's interpreting dreams, and he's doing this, and he's rising through the ranks. Joseph is a mighty warrior. Joseph is a boss. Joseph has, like, all of the makings of being, like, the next Pharaoh. He's the man. No, at 27, at 27, Joseph is actually in prison. Three years before this, Joseph enters prison. What? He's ahead of over everybody but the throne in Egypt and yada, yada, yada. You just said all this cool stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we get excited about the anointing, but we're never excited about the breaking. Right. So here we are three years prior, and what happens is, is Joseph is actually a, a servant. Servant's too nice of a word for what Joseph was. Because if you read that by itself as well, he'd be like, sorry, man. that's great, go to him, do him up. Now Joseph was a slave. Joseph was actually owned by other people. Okay? And what happened was, was Joseph was working for a guy named Potiphar. And this is incredible! Because Potiphar, Potiphar is the head of Pharaoh's like royal guard. He's the head of his army. He does all that stuff. He's a pretty prominent guy himself in Egypt. And Joseph is serving as a slave in the house of Potiphar. And one day, Potiphar's wife decides, yo, Joe, mad cute. I'm going to slide in his DMs. Joe's mad cute. He's big cute. Whatever kids are saying these days. Okay? I got gray hair and crow's feet for hours. Okay? But he says, the word says that she decided to proposition young Joe. Joe's there. He's in a garment. He's doing his thing. He is a slave. He is working in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife. How many of you know this is a bad situation to find yourself in, okay? Joe, being a man of God that he is, when Potiphar's wife uh, propositions him, if I can use that word on Sunday, propositions him, hits him up, slides in his DMs, and says, yo, boy, I want you. Joseph goes, Nah, you somebody else's. I love God. I'm an integrous human being. And he cuts and runs. As he runs, she grabs his clothes and he is running out of the house stark buck naked. Naked. She has his garments and that's what she's able to do when she presents it to Potiphar as he is on the run and says, this man tried to proposition me because he denied her. She lied about him. And so what happens is he's slandered and then he's hunted. And then once he's hunted, he's in prison. And then he's in prison for like three years and some change. But what about even before that? What about what about before that? What about when Joseph was a young boy? And he started learning his gifts. Because every single human being is endowed 
with the gifts. You're created in the image of the gift giver. You have them, whether you recognize it or not. And Joseph is a dreamer. And one day, God gives him a dream that he is going to lead, which is obviously what ends up happening later in Genesis that we just read. But God gives him that dream, and being young, dumb, and immature, Joseph decides to spout his mouth off to his brothers and his family. And I think that's a word for somebody in this house, and we can just pause this train at the stop real quick. Do not, do not, do not reveal a dream in immaturity. Yeah. I don't know who that's for today, but don't reveal a dream in immaturity. God's placed something on your heart. God's given you a future that you can see clearly. There is a path to it. There are things like that. But some of us, we will end up forfeiting things because we will reveal it before it is mature. Before it is its time. Because what ends up happening is, is in this moment, Joseph tells his brother, tells his father, his brothers don't like this too much. Are you going to say that you're going to rule over us? Oh, Joey. The respect level goes down. Potter's wife, Joe. Brothers, Joey. And he says, Joey, not today, champ. And what ends up happening is his brothers plot against him. They silence him. They bound and they gag him. And they actually make a plan to murder him. Plan is to kill him and leave him dead in a ditch. That's the plan. But when it comes time to pull the trigger or whatever weapon of choice they had at the time, when it came down to do it, they didn't have what it takes to see it through. And so what ends up happening is, is Joseph is actually sold into slavery. Do we still want his prominence in Egypt? Because he is betrayed by his brothers, and to make matters worse, they take his, his cloak and they kill a poor innocent goat, and then they rub his cloak into it, and so it's all bloody and a mess, and they come to their dad saying, Joseph was mauled by something. He's dead. So not only in this moment have you been lied about again, made known to your family to be dead, but your brothers plotted against you, they silenced you, they sold you off into slavery, okay? This is the 30 years of this man's life. So not once, and not twice, but over and over and over and repeatedly, Joseph was broken. greater the breaking, the greater the anointing, right? Wow, he was beaten. He was gagged. He was sold. He was lied about. People making up death certificates. And then he's lied about again. And then he's put into prison after only that he was hunted down. And there he would remain for the next three years in his life. Joseph was broken. Amen. Can you agree with that? He was broken. Joseph was broken. But God. 
But God. Somebody just say it. But God. But God. But God. Nothing is wasted. But with God, nothing is wasted. Would you just repeat that after me? Let's get some conviction. Let's get some faith. Let's get that rising up in this place because we need to leave with that revelation. If we are going to be and do everything we're called to be and do in 2021, we got to get this. Somebody say, but God, but God. nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. This is who our God is. This is exactly who He is. With Him, nothing is wasted. The beatings, the brokenness, the betrayal, the lies, the slander, the imprisonment, the chains, none of it is wasted. We see this moment, and we can just be like, I don't want it. Joseph's life sucks. Mine's bad enough as it is. That ain't great. Man, some of us are so, so jaded towards 2020 that we're not willing to be broken for 2021. See, jaded produces bitterness, but brokenness produces anointing. Jaded produces bitterness, but broken? Now that, that produces anointing. Because we're sitting here and we're like, no, 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 no. I don't want it. I don't want any of that at all. God, you told me you prepared a table of peace in the midst of my enemies. Yeah, it's available. Created the table. Created it, right? You see... So many of us, we're screaming about 2020. Some of us, we're screaming about the last five years of our lives. We're screaming about the last 10 years of our lives. We're screaming about our marriage. We're screaming about the last 50 years of our lives. We are just screaming at the top of our lungs or into a pillow or in our head silently as we're driving in traffic trying not to flip somebody off because we are so pent up and hurt and bitter on the inside. And we're just like, God! Help me! I need help! So often, when we're in that position, we just want to be helped. We just want to be helped. As we're screaming at the top of our lungs or inside our head or wherever you are comfortable screaming at to let that out. God help me. God is saying to you, I know. I know. I'm going to help you. And I'm going to hold you. But in order for me to help you, you've got to let me use you. In order to hold you, you've got to let me use you. No, 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 no. I just want comfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing more comforting than being used by God. No, no, no. I just want help. Yeah, there's no greater help than being used by God. No, 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 God. I just want some rest. There's no greater rest being used by God. Nothing will replenish you like being used by God. No, God, I just want to go and be alone. That's okay. You can be alone in my hand with me while I use you. We don't like that. But God is saying, I want to use you 
while I help you. I want to use you while I hold you. God, I'm, I'm far too broken. That's okay. Just like the alabaster jar, we're about to pour you out. We're about to break you open even further and pour you out. Because the greatest anointing, the highest anointing in Joseph's life came from the greatest of breakings in Joseph's life. And that's for all of us. In every single one of us, in every single season, in every single moment, in every single circumstance, the breaker anointing is available to you. One that supersedes anything that would impede upon your life and calling as ordered and aligned by heaven. It is available for that breaker anointing. The anointing of God only comes through the breaking of God. We see that in Jesus, don't we? Jesus had to be split up. Jesus had to be broken apart. Jesus had to be strung up. He had to put on skin. He that knew no sin came and died and rose again for you and for me. That's who he is. He had to be broken so that we could be approved. He had to be broken so that we could be assigned. He had to be broken so that we could be appointed. He had to be broken so it could be smeared all over us. Amen? Amen. We see that with Jesus, and we also see that with Joseph, because Joseph is me, and Joseph is Philip, and Joseph is Adrienne, and Joseph is Jody, and Joseph is Michael, Joseph is Charlie, Joseph is every single one of us. Yeah. Because what, what it looks like, what looks like brokenness to the world is actually an opportunity for God to anoint you further. You see, what happened is, is Joseph is a child and he's having these dreams and these visions. He's being used by God in mighty ways. There's the holy maturity thing. Shouldn't have done that. But what happens next is he is sold off. He is into slavery and eventually ends up being purchased by Potiphar. And you know what happens? Is he actually becomes head slave of Potiphar's house. Brokenness. Let me put it this way. Authority is grown in brokenness. Are you going to groan in the breaking? Or is your authority going to grow in the breaking? Authority is grown in the breaking, or are you going to groan in the breaking? Because what ends up happening is he enters the first position of prominence. He is a slave, yet he is the head. And he reigns over all of this. He runs that house. He ran that house before he was run out of that house. What looks like a setback to the world is a setup by our God. And I know that is incredibly cliche, but it is the darn truth of this moment. Authority is grown in the breaking. Are you going to grow in the breaking? Or is your authority going to be grown in the breaking? Because what happens next? 
He's arrested. And it ain't like 2020 where, you know, you get arrested and you get sentenced and you out for a certain amount of time. It ain't like that. First of all, you were a slave and now you are a prisoner. You ain't going nowhere, Jane. Get comfy on your cot. This is where you are. You will be here till you die. And Joseph is, he's a prisoner. But what happens in prison, again, it looks like a step back. It looks like a fall from grace. It looks absolutely terrible. It looks daunting. It looks like all hopelessness, it, like all hope is gone. It's a hopeless, broken situation. But Joseph begins getting dreams again. God, you give me dreams in prison? Yeah. Because I'm still for you. I still appointed you. I still approved you. You still have an assignment. And it's still smeared all over your life. Yeah, but I'm in prison. What's that one of those prisoners? Next one? Well, he begins to have dreams and he needs an interpreter. So then Joseph begins interpreting. And this gets around. This gets around. This gets around so much that Joseph is the guy who can read the dreams, that Joseph is the interpreter, that Joseph is a man after God, that he is a prophet, that he is prophecy, that he can do all of these things. The word gets around so much so that the man who used to be head slave is actually now head prisoner. See, he was shackled so he could leave the shackle. He was chained so that he could leave the chain. He was imprisoned so he could so he can leave the imprisoned. Are you picking up what I am laying down? Suddenly the head slave is now the head prisoner. So much so. Now there's two guys that work for Pharaoh. One is his chief cupbearer, the other one's his chief baker. Don't entirely know what either of those roles are. But they were big wigs. And one, both of them were accused of doing the same thing because they, didn't, they needed to do an investigation and figure out who actually stole or misplaced or did whatever the deed was. Both of them go to jail until further notice. Well, they both end up having dreams. And they hear that the guy who was leading everybody, chief prisoner, CP, Joseph, that he can interpret dreams. So they go to him individually, and Joseph interprets these dreams, and he tells the cupbearer that you will be restored to your position of prominence, foreshadowing. Come on, somebody. God's always giving you clues before you get your breakthrough, isn't he? Yeah, baby. Come on. And he tells him, you'll be restored to your position of prominence. That's what I saw in your dream. It's what heaven told me. And if you could, when you get back to Pharaoh, could you just let him know that there's this dude? Joseph that's just kind of like rotting away in prison. And it would be really great. Like, I don't want to be a free man, but I can like serve. I just want to get out of here. Right? Just go and testify of what happened. The word actually says that the cupbearer forgot. Forgot. So for the next two years, two more years of his life, Joseph is leading the prison because a guy forgot the dude who gave him the interpretation to his vision. And guess what? The baker couldn't do it because the baker was hung for his deeds and it was picked apart by birds, the Bible says. So descriptive. So he couldn't testify. And so what looks like a broken, hopeless mess of a journey, a punctuation mark, if you will, on the story, that is Joseph, the dreamer. 
appear to be hidden is actually about to be unwrapped. Is actually about to be unleashed. Because what happens is Pharaoh has a nightmare. And he's discussing it with the staff. And he's bringing in witch doctors. He's bringing in these guys and this person and all these places. He's bringing in all these other people to interpret. And everybody is telling him what he doesn't want to hear. So he's sending him away. And then the cupbearer speaks up. And he's like, okay, I know you're really disturbed right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know it's kind of freaking you out. I know things aren't great. But there was this guy. Like, I didn't remember until you started having a bad day, a bad, you couldn't sleep. There was a guy in prison. His name was Joseph. I don't know if he's still alive. But he's the one that told me two years ago while I was in there. Remember that mix-up with me and the chief baker and that whole thing? He got mixed part by birds and I'm here living the dream? Yeah, yeah. He told me I would be restored in short order to my position of prominence in Egypt. What? And you're just now telling me? Yeah, yeah, go get him! For your sake, you better still be alive or else you're replacing him in jail. So all of a sudden, he goes and he gets Pharaoh, or he goes and gets Joseph, and Joseph interprets the Pharaoh's dream, and this is what leads us to Genesis 37. Friends, today I came with the hopes and the chief goal and concern of unleashing a breaker anointing in your life. But we have got to get on the same page. You have got to get this revelation. You have got to get this understanding today. That what the enemy wants to use to break you, the Lord wants to use to anoint you. What the enemy wants to use to break you, the Lord wants to use to anoint you. What the enemy wants to use to break you, the Lord wants to use to appoint you. What the enemy has used to break you, the Lord uses to approve you. What the enemy wants to use to slander you all over the city, the Lord wants to use to smear you all over your life. His anointing all over your life. This is the breaker anointing. Because there is an anointing that is available to you. The likes which you've never seen, you've never experienced, a prominence you've never held, a position you've never risen to. There is so much more available to you. But we have to willfully Give ourselves to the breaking. God is not looking in this season. He is not looking. He is not looking for a politician to make America look like heaven. He's looking for a Christian that would dare, no matter who they are, to offer up their gifts at the hopes of having their ear so that God can have a say in the conversation. It is not up to your employer this year to make your workplace look like heaven. 
God is looking for a Christian that will faithfully and sacrificially serve their boss so that God can finish the sentence in that workplace. God is not looking. He's not looking to legislature or grants or bills to be passed or anything for Grand Rapids to be redeemed for the kingdom of heaven. What he is looking for is some Christians who will willfully give themselves over to embarrassment, to slander, serve up their reputation on a silver platter and say, God, here I am. Break me, use me, mold me, shape me. I want to look more like you because when God is able to break you, well, the breaking can become pressing and the pressing can become a new wine and that new wine can be poured out. That anointing can be poured out and breaking in your head if you can get this it's tight it's snug i feel like i am just being torn apart i'd be pressed on all sides but if you can see what is trying to break you that's pressing aka squeezing out the anointing that's on the inside of you you see to god the juice it's always worth the squeeze, but we have to decide if it is for us. God's breaking always brings God's anointing. Worship team, you can come back up this way. You see, there's a reason this is all of us. Because time and time again, life has given us the option of opting out. Oh man, I don't know if I can go back to a church. The last one was I had a pastor lied and it hurt me. And he didn't lie to me, but he lied. And it hurt me. And, you know, he's supposed to be infallible. He's the pastor. So I just don't know if I can do church. I quit. Some of us. Oh, no, I grew up in church, and they were a bunch of hypocrites, and I'm, I just can't be a part of organized religion. Like, I love God, but I don't love His bride. I want to be faithful in my marriage, but all I saw growing up was parents that hit it, quit it, shacked up, and bounced out on each other repeatedly. Man, I want to be anointed, and I want to be a breaker, but honestly... I don't even have the tools for this life. I just kind of feel like I have been ill-equipped since the crib. Well, there's a new story that's about to be written in your lives. Because all of those situations, all of those stories, abuse, neglect, some of us have had terrible things happen to us in our lives where we suffered immeasurable consequences at the hand of somebody else because of actions we never would have wished on our worst enemies were afflicted onto us. We have experienced pressing. We have experienced breaking. We have felt like we've been in prison. We have been, some of us have actually been to prison. We have felt like we have been sold off into slavery. We feel like we have been placed in a position of slavery and prisoner for more years than we can count. And we've got a million reasons why we can't quit. 
But what the enemy wants to use to break you, God wants to use to anoint you. We're going to invite Scott and Zach over here, Lexi and Adrienne over here, or some of our pastors and core team. This is Anointing Sunday. And what that means is, is while the worship team begins to sing, we're going to invite you up. And if you want to be anointed, you want to be approved, you want to be assigned, you want to be set apart, you want to have that smear all over you for 2021, we would love to be a part of that. There's nothing scary. We're going to pray with you. We're going to ask you what you want anointing for, what you feel like God has called you to in 2021. Maybe today you don't know what your assignment is for 2021. Maybe you have no idea. This is the perfect time to find out. Because we're going to pray. And we're going to believe. And we're going to anoint your head with oil. And we are going to see what the Lord has in store for you. Before we do that, I want to leave you with one last word. A word that I believe will mark you all of 2021. Does anybody want to be marked it here? Yeah. You already are by God, baby. Yeah. But right now, let me share this last word with you. It's what Joseph's brothers used to mock him. It's what the enemy has used to mock so many of us. It's what society has used to mock you. It's what culture has decided that's going to mock you with. There are things that have been spoken over you right now that God actually wants to use to anoint you. Throw it up on the screen there for me. Nikki, if you could. Genesis 37, 19. Here we go. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. As if it was demeaning. As if it was belittling. Well, today I say, here comes the dreamer as you make your way up. Here comes the prophet and prophetess as you make your way up. Here comes the bank manager, the doctor, the actor, the mother, the father, the intercessor. Whatever your assignment is today, the son, the daughter, whomever you are, however you are set apart, here comes you. So if you would get to make your way to either of these two places. But we're going to believe God for a greater 2021. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's the worst he was just beginning to sing.